everyone, I'm Kendria. I need you to go like, follow, and subscribe. Soul Productions. What's up everyone? And this is Next Level Thinking. What's up, everyone? It's another episode of Next Level Thinking. As you always know, we help you take it to the next level. It's your host, Chris Holmes, but today I have a special lovely guest by the name of... Jasmine. Hey, guys. Awesome. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how amazing Jasmine is. <laughs> um, so my full name is Jasmine Perla. I actually have been in the Houston area for about eight or nine years now. I'm originally from Washington, D.C., um, I was born to an immigrant family, single mom. Um, she had me three weeks before her 14th birthday. So, uh, yeah, so single mom life for sure. Um, you know, it was definitely, it was definitely a struggle growing up, but, um, have always had this passion for giving back. Um, my early and mid teens were kind of turbulent as far as, you know, eating disorders and things like that. But, you know, we got through those, uh, graduated high school, went to college, got my degree, like most okay. people, got my degree because I felt like I should. Oh, <laughs> and it was like the natural progression of like what, you know, I was supposed to do. And for immigrants, it's kind of like the way out, you know? So for and me, I, I have to pause you right there because there's so many nuggets in there. I want to make sure I give maximum value. Oh, yeah, so let's, um, of course, that's a great way to start things off, but I want to kind of go back a little bit in the beginning of like how you were having, I guess, like that conflict, uh, conflict within yourself and like the eating disorder and things like that. So tell the audience, like what was going through your mind and how did you get out of that? Because I'm pretty sure there's like younger teens out there that may have some self-doubt and, you know, self-esteem and hearing how you pretty much got over that can help them get inspired. Absolutely. So um, much like everything that I think we deal with uh, from our teenage years into well into adulthood, I think a lot of it stems from our childhood and how we were raised. So um, I was overweight my entire childhood through... What? Wait a minute, yeah. let me talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> Severely overweight. I remember, I remember my mom needing to take me to like a nutritionist and needing to consult professional help because I was really overweight and I was getting made fun of in elementary school. And um, so, yeah, it definitely stemmed from I think that, and then obviously not having my father in my life very much. I think that caused a lot of. Um, like, am I, am I worthy in the state that I'm in, you know, being overweight of um, love and acceptance? Was, was like the food, like kind of, uh, I'm trying to see like a gap filler for that like void? So I actually became somewhat ill with like gastrointestinal problem. Okay. And yeah. so when I got sick, I wasn't able to really eat too much. Gotcha. And so that was kind of like, I was in this perfect storm of, I didn't feel that I was, you know, loved or worthy. I was getting made fun of. I was super overweight. I got sick and then I lost all of this weight. And to me, like, I remember specifically looking in the mirror and seeing my body in a way that I had never seen it before. Like I was thin and I could like see my hip bones and it was something that was like so foreign to me. Like I felt like I was looking like at an alien. I was like, this is so crazy. This is actually me. And so I think from that moment on, um, it very much became this fear 
of I don't want to, I don't want to not ever be this small because then I felt like, you know, kids weren't making fun of me anymore. And like, so it was very much, I, I became addicted to, to staying that small. And so I remember like, I remember keeping a diary of everything that I would eat and keeping count of the calories. And very often I wouldn't allow myself to eat more than like 500 calories a day, which is nothing, you know, like it's nothing. So it definitely, it definitely started to make, I felt like I had control over how other people treated me when I was in control of what I was eating and not allowing myself to eat very much at all. And um, yeah, it was definitely a, a very slippery slope because once I became obsessive about it, it was all that I could think about. And I know that many other girls out there that have suffered or are suffering in the past with uh, eating disorders can definitely attest to the fact that it begins to just infiltrate every thought. Like it's all that I would ever think about was like, allowing myself to eat food or wanting to eat food, but not being able to. And like, it, it just was every, like it had power over all of my thoughts. And, um, it was, it was really crazy. So in a way I felt like I had more power, but obviously it was the other way around. I had given up my power to something. Because of like uh, what you were thinking, what others were saying of you. And right. I'm glad that you brought that up because I feel like that is very heavy, especially now because you got social media, the internet, oh, yeah. the media, oh, the yeah. industry, you know, promoting this is what you should look like or I look good like. I can't imagine growing up with those things because I didn't even have those things. It's a way different world now. <laughs> so I like can't imagine being... Um, being that young and having all of the pressure that I already had plus on top of that like feeling the pressure of social media like I don't I, <laughs> I feel like I would have caved it would have been too much I feel like you know so I feel for the girls I, I feel for them you know so it's it's definitely a struggle Mm -hmm. so like how did you overcome that because I feel like that is like the golden piece that of uh, the uh, course the ladies want to hear because uh, you pretty much laid out like um, your journey and so it makes it very relatable to their situation so how did you come out of that and ride strong um I was transitioning into high school and my mom was always very um, supportive of me being involved in school uh, activities like outside of, you know, obviously just regular school things. Uh, so sports and things like that. So I can honestly say that um, my mom consistently making the health changes and choices uh, in the household to bring healthier things in. Um, so she played a really big role in that. I don't think that she, she didn't really know what was going on with me. Um, but her just being really consistent. So if you're a parent of, of a young lady that is going through something like that, you know, just like consistently approaching it with love and like health, healthy options, you know, and then also I started playing sports. And so for me, that really saved I feel like my life from possibly going down into like a really deep, dark place. Cause there are some girls, unfortunately that like don't really ever make it out of that situation. Um, and either deal with it their whole lives or there are, there have been girls that have lost their lives to, to 
malnourishment and anorexia and, and bulimia. So um, I think that the combination of my mom, you know, like relentlessly making healthy, making our home healthy, a healthy space and pushing me to do sports, sports definitely saved my life. Now I have to say that even while I was playing sports, it took about a year or two for me to actually develop good and healthy eating habits. Because even when I was playing sports, I was still skipping lunch. Like I was still telling myself that I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't eat. But the more I played sports, I don't know if you've played sports before. Yeah, definitely have. Um, you definitely know that everything that you eat, like you just can't perform as well when you're not intaking as much food the so we have like pasta parties and all this stuff and then the more i ate the more i realized like oh i'm ac i'm actually performing better like i actually need the nourishment so um i think that i definitely tied being active with healthy eating at that point and being able to allow myself to eat more and more and more and still make better health choices so those two definitely went hand in hand Awesome, awesome. So, go ahead, uh, great answer. And I also want to bring even more light to it, the importance of having a support person or a team. Um, that way you can pretty much, um, so it won't be always in, you know, held in and you're able to, you know, let it out and talk to like your mentors, teachers, coaches and things like that. Because even on my end, I remember using sports as a way to, like if I got angry, like I'm going to put it out on the basketball court and like, man, why are you passing aggressive? Man, don't worry about this. <laughs> like, hey, you never play like this. <laughs> But it's like, you know, there's ways of getting out of there and things like that. So it's always going to have healthy or productive or active ways to release that into something productive and have your mental, uh, you know, surrounding circle to keep you going. So great answer with that. Uh, the next thing I want to get into is um, you've had a very important point where you're saying like, oh, I was supposed to because you have like, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're already feeling it, especially when it comes to court, uh, culture and different traditions, especially in families, because um, naturally uh, any parent will want the best, you know, lifestyle for their parent. And so a lot of times what I see was still come today, they would try to project what they think is the best route when, when it's not the best route for that child, but they're right. just pretty much acting out, out of fear to protect. And okay. a lot of times you being too protective and holding them in that comfort zone can like really hurt them from actually really blossoming yes. what they be. So I'm gonna let you have a mic on this because I feel like I'm just filling you up <laughs> on that. Yes, yes, you're preaching to the choir. So I just want to start off by saying that I honestly believe in my heart that every parent is doing the best they can. They're just they're doing the best they can in the best way that they know how. So I, I don't believe that my, my mom, I know that I was super loved by her my entire life and still am. Um, I don't ever truly believe that they're doing it with bad intentions. I just think that they just, they don't necessarily always know what's best for the child, but they can assume and try to help guide them in a, a direction. Um, with that being said, I, I, um, I was pretty good in school. Like I loved learning and I loved the learning process. So, um, I think, like I said, for immigrants, um, and I can only kind of speak from my experience is that, you know, we didn't really come from a lot of, of money and we didn't really come having a lot of things. So I think that naturally school back then and for us was the most like valued option now this generation i think that that's changing dramatically and drastically because there are like 
10 year olds making millions of dollars on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it makes me feel like, man, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> exactly. So, so I definitely think that the dynamic has changed just in the short, you know, like 10 years since I started college. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I think that the main reason why I got my degree was to make my mom happy. And I remember all through my late teens and early twenties, um, even though the pressure was never verbalized um, to the extent, I just felt it, right. I just felt it. And so, and I love my mom, you know, so I wanted to do it for her. And then once I got my bachelor's degree, <laughs> I was like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> like I've done what I need to. And I remember her mentioning something about like getting a master's or getting a doctorate. And I was like, mom, I love you. It's not happening. Like <laughs> I'll entertain the idea for a little while. And then, um, yeah. And then it just, it just kind of faded away. And so now I think a large part of that, and this is kind of going on off on a little bit of a different tangent is the fact that school is expensive and I paid for, I paid for all of it out of pocket. I'm trying to think I paid for all of it out of pocket. I have one like $5,000 loan still. You are in a great position compared to the majority of yeah. the United States. Yeah. And so it's expensive. And, um, and it took six years, you know, and it took, it took semesters where I would take full loads and work full time. Um, sometimes work two jobs. Like I was a zombie. So it, but it teaches you learn in every situation, even though, maybe I didn't want to do it for myself. I learned so much about what I'm actually capable of when I, when I fully am committed to something, regardless of what my why is, you know, like, unfortunately, sometimes your why isn't going to actually be your why. It's going to be somebody else's why. If that someone is really important to you, if you really want to make it happen, regardless of anything else in your life, I think you can do it. You know, working two jobs and going to school full time. And I was in a relationship at the time too. So add that layer on there, you know, but I made it work. Add that whole thing. Like, it was rough, but you know, I think it taught me a lot of how strong I am. And so um, I value it all, all the more. And so, you know, after I graduated, I got a big girl job <laughs> and um, worked that for a year, hated it, quit it, and then left on a one-way ticket to South America, which is, was probably one of the biggest decisions that I've ever made in my life. And I don't think I would have gotten to that point had I not gone through school, got the degree. So, you know, so I'm going to plug this in to uplift where you're going because I already know where you're going. And this is, brings the importance of actually uh, finding, like, well, being self-aware of who you are, finding what you're passionate about, and knowing, uh, taking a leap of faith on yourself and getting outside that comfort zone and just pretty much trying a little different things and into the point where this is definitely not me. <laughs> but I know this is. And then once you get to that point where you know who you are, I mean, there is no stopping to you. Like people can talk, say this, you should do this, 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 but you're going to be like, it's not me. And you're going to pretty much do anything as much as you want possible to get it done. So go ahead and throw you a alley. Uh, what you're, I thought that you were going to is when you were finding like yourself, you made that big decision. Um, uh, wasn't this like the beginning of like uh, your, the big transition to photography and things like that? Yeah. Until yeah. like, you know, in destination. So go ahead and continue. 
So, and I just want to say one thing. I don't necessarily know if it's always that you know who you are and that you know who you aren't. Because for me, I never really knew like who truly I was and what truly I loved and wanted to do. It was more like, I know what I don't want to do and I want to find out who I really am. So I don't think it's necessary to like know who you are before you can like start to fulfill and find your passion. I think it's more like you have to be hungry to find who you are. And so that's kind of where mine came from was like, you know, I spent all of my early 20s until I was like 24, 25, going to school, working my butt off, you know, in and out of so many different relationships, trying to find, you know, love that I didn't even have for myself. So I think for me, it was mostly just, I have to be hungry for myself and for who I am, what I love, what gifts and passions and talents has have been gifted to me from God and pursuing the things that will like make my soul sing, even though like, I didn't know what the heck I was doing or what I wanted to do. I just like felt the intuition say like, it's time to go. And I went. So with that being said, there was definitely a lot of like research involved and there was definitely a lot of, um, you know, I saved my money and I didn't go out. I, I sacrificed a lot. I felt like I lost a lot of friends. I felt like it was a very like lonely road that I was going down, you know? And, and I remember like just praying, like, am I, am I going to find people? Is it just going to be lonely for a long time while I'm doing the soul searching? And, um, and it definitely was, and it was, it was, a ch it was difficult, but it was a gift because I don't think that you can really build your self-awareness, um, learn how to love yourself and how to listen to your intuition. And I don't think that you can really start to just learn about yourself until you do take time away from the noise that is like everyone around you. And that sometimes will include like best friends, family. Um, it's just, there are those voices that you hear that you forget that you can kind of like strip away and start to really listen to, to yours. And I think that that does include sometimes losing relationships. It includes, I mean, for me, it doesn't have to be as extreme as buying a one-way ticket, dropping and selling everything and leaving. It doesn't have to be that extreme, I don't think. Um, because mine started with just a solo road trip from Texas to North Carolina. And that's what kind of triggered that like internal soul searching, like I need to get to know myself and I need to learn to love myself and I need to start, like I've felt an invitation of it's time to begin your growth and development and self-awareness journey. And it was, it was in the quiet moments of me being by myself that I felt that invitation because otherwise, how do you hear it when everything is going on around you a million miles an hour and all of the noise? That right there was a whole sermon by myself. You can go ahead and drop the mic, you know, just leave the stage. <laughs> <laughs> but like that was, um, you know, very, again, a great answer. Uh, Cause you know, that's soul searching and, you know, 
discarding all the different no noise and finding out who you are. And um, the, one of the biggest things that you hit on too, and I feel like a lot of people need to feel this is, you know, you have to make sacrifices. You know, yeah. you can't hold on to dead weight and try to reach what your goal is. I'm sure you're trying to like being destined to because it can be within reach, but you can't really grab onto it until you let go of the past. And yeah. that is going to be like very hard for a lot of people. I know, and I constantly see good friends, classmates, so much more wanting something even greater, but because they will not let go of the past, they can never reach what is supposed to be owed to them. So um, le leading on to that, like uh, go a little bit more in depth about the photography and like what kind of you are expert in and much more. So we have the grand, uh, the grand origin story of like yeah. how this person um, came from the side, finding yourself, knowing your self-worth, you know, <laughs> hey, look, I'm building a storyline right here, man. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Look after this interview, you know, you have all that and much more. So like, let's go ahead and dive into like what you're actually doing today. Yeah. So while I was on the road, I bought like the tiniest, cutest little camera. Oh my goodness. It sounds like my story. <laughs> it was like the tiniest little thing. It's so cute. I actually just sold it um, not too long ago because I've upgraded my gear since then uh, when I went professionally. And, you know, it was just sitting there accumulating dust, but it had so much sentimental value. So I actually just got rid of it, my baby, but um, it was great for traveling. And so um, it was the beginning of something that I did not know was going to turn into such a big passion. And it has allowed me to share my experiences with people via my Instagram page, which is mostly where I do all of my sharing. I do also have an, an on a webpage, a blog, but um, Instagram for me just feels a little bit more intuitive. I open it up, I type, I hit post. Sometimes I don't even know what I type. It's just like, just, just like word vomit, like text, like write vomit all, you know, all over the place. And then I post it and um, together with the images that I created while I was on the road, have had an incredible impact um, that I didn't foresee. And definitely that love for photography developed while I was on the road. And I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Like I was just playing with the camera and hoping that it turned out okay. So it was a lot of like troubleshooting and a lot of like, what happens when I change this again and again and again a million times. And then there's like so much stuff going on, right? So. Um, but luckily that whole year I had so much time on my hands and it was a lot of self-discovery and a lot of giving back and, and, um, community service and things like that. But it was also like exploring the things that I loved. So that allowed me, you know, I didn't have to worry about a full-time job. I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. So I could give my passions and I could give learning photography all of my time. And so that's what I did, uh, writing yoga and photography. So I came back from that trip and I didn't know what the heck I was going to do with my life. I didn't have a plan. I just knew that I was being called to come back. And um, it was scary for me to come back and not know what my next step was. I'm so blessed with friends and family that are so supportive. So one of my best friends, Maria, when I came back, she was um, my roommate prior to me leaving. And she was like, come back. Like, you know, you have a room here. So I started rooming back with her. Um, craziest story. I actually 
went to a workout okay. and uh, for Camp Gladiator, which is an outdoor workout. And I decided in like the last five seconds before I left the house that I was actually going to go. So I go, um, I run into one of my old bosses and he offers me a job. And this is like the day that I come back to the States, right? I've probably been in the States for like, like literally a couple of days and I get offered a job, a position that I know how to do, that I know how to do well, that pays pretty well, especially compared to unemployed, right? So, huge <laughs> um, difference. yeah, so, so I took it and I knew in my heart that it wasn't what I wanted to do forever or for a, a long time at all. And I knew that um, I wasn't going to enjoy it, but I also felt like I needed the money and I didn't have a plan. So I just went for it. And, um, I worked that job for about six months and once again, hated it. And it has nothing to do with the, the place or the people or the, the management or anything like that. I was in management and it just wasn't for me. So I transitioned out of that role. And the whole time that I was working that job, I was doing, you know, free photo shoots, so much free work. That is one thing that I will tell entrepreneurs. It's like, you're going to have to do free work. Oh man. You're just going to have to do it. Like, suck it up. You know, like, it's fine. People will start to pay you eventually, but when you don't have a portfolio and you don't have a website and you don't have anything to your name, like, you have to build it. You have to build that rapport. And, uh, yeah, I think that everyone's kind of, like, shies against free work. But to me, it's like, especially when you are still figuring out your craft, it's an opportunity for you to build your portfolio and it's an opportunity for you to learn in a work setting not gonna, just for I'm fun i'm gonna tell you right now i'm gonna have to like save and clip this out because uh, i don't know if you know a person by the name of gary v i do yeah i'm gonna clip this part and tweet him <laughs> this part. i guarantee you i promise you he'll you probably should. retweet it. and if you have a twitter and i'm putting it in there and i'll be like if he retweets it i'll be like i'm not surprised because he's gonna be like jab that right <laughs> yes yes i can't tell you i can't tell you like so I was transitioning out of that position. I was in restaurant management for uh, a Mexican restaurant here in the area. And I was terrified of, of asking them if I could just like be their social media person. But I, I felt like I was tired of not taking opportunities. I was tired of not, um, I say that as I'm returning from my one-way ticket, right? But like, I just, I, I wanted to, I knew that it wasn't gonna come to me and I didn't wanna wait for it to come to me. I was ready to grab it and like make it mine. So on my way out, I was like, hey guys, like your social media needs a lot of help. Can I, <laughs> the nicest thing possible, right? Like you need some help. Like I can take your pictures for you. I will do it for free. And so they said, yes. Um, they were a little skeptical at first, but they, um, yeah, they agreed and it went incredibly well. The pictures came out great. I was obviously, obviously still learning. So my <laughs> photography has improved. You're a photographer, right? Yes. Okay. You ever like look back at some of your old pictures and you're like, Oh my gosh. God, I can't believe I just, yeah. <laughs> what was I thinking? All right, cool. Like, yeah. Can I delete this? Nah, I'm going to leave this part of the journey. All right, cool. Never again, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of like one of those, right? So, um, and eventually I built my portfolio enough that I could start marketing myself to other, to other small businesses and to other brands. And that's what I started doing. So now I have, um, 
a couple of clients. I shoot all of their photography. I style and manage uh, their social media platforms. Um, I'm getting paid for all of it. So that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's more like, it's not like, that yet but no, it's still the same. No. yeah I I've, do time. <laughs> I've had my business for like eight months now mm -hmm. so um you know it's it's doing well it's doing really well and i'm getting better and better every day uh people more and more people are trusting me with their their images and it's fantastic and i love delivering i love i have to say i love food photography it's where i started but I absolutely love portraiture. Uh, has a really good soft spot in my heart because I love delivering the images and people feel their the confidence. I mean, just skyrockets, you know. So it's yeah, huh? But test that. Yeah. So that's kind of that's what I'm doing now. I'm I'm uh, attempting to maintain my Instagram. Uh, platform i'm doing photography and um i love it awesome awesome i'm gonna go ahead and write that down on my end so i can make sure i don't forget to make that little clip so i can go ahead and tell you i wonder if he's gonna retweet this but yeah. um, as i'm doing this um go ahead and tell the audience of uh, as we close this up where they can find you and oh let me back a little bit i feel like this quote right here i just looked up on from albert einstein anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new yeah. and that's part of your journey so that pretty much tied into everything that you just said so uh with that uh tell the audience where they can find you uh so they can keep up with your journey as you just keep growing to like this masterpiece and much more <laughs> yes oh thank you so much that was sweet um so you guys can find me in on instagram as journeying jazz um, my photography page is jasmineperla.photos and I specialize in portraiture, food uh, brand photography. Um, I also do event photography, so diversifying a little bit, but I would love to have you guys join me on my journey. Lots of more travels to come and lots of more amazing photography and growing in photography to come, so yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I'm gonna put you on the spot. One last thing for a closing. Yeah. You can leave the audience for the closing statement. What would it be? Go. Ooh, um, I was just having a conversation with one of my friends not to be a couple nights ago. And my thing would be to just uh, do it even if you don't feel ready to do it. Just jump in because if you're waiting for something to give you the okay, obviously you know follow your intuition. Uh, but if it's if it's you not acting out of fear, uh, you can't let fear guide your decisions. You have to jump in if you feel that you're ready and you're the only thing holding yourself back. You gotta jump. You gotta you jump. Gotta it. It. You will. You will figure it out on the way. I promise you. You will figure it out on the way. Oh, you gotta jump. So with that said, we're going to go ahead and close out this fantastic interview. It's your host, Chris Holmes, as always, bringing inspirational guests. And today, my special guest by the name of... Jasmine Perla. Awesome. Make sure you subscribe, you know, and share. Keep the motivation going so we can keep things up and help people overcome their obstacles and much more so they can take it to the next level. Peace and much love.